Welcome to Zaslow Show 2.0, presented from day one by Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys. You're dealing with any kind of accident, any personal injury, slip and fall, motorcycle, car accident, bike. Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys, 800 747 free. That's 800 747 3733. Title sponsors from day number one. No. Before day number one of Zaslow Show 2.0, my guys Mark Anajar, Glenn Levine, Ellie Anajar, they believe in me. If you're listening to the show right now and you're dealing with any kind of personal injury, I'm sending you to my friends, Anajar and Levine, accident attorneys. You don't have to deal with the insurance companies. You don't have to deal with the medical bills. You need to focus on getting right. That's where they come in. They handle all the stuff that you don't want to be bothered with. You need to make sure you're getting healthy and they're going to make sure you're getting the money that you deserve. Anna Jar and Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. Proud title sponsors of Zaslow Show 2.0. Welcome aboard. This is Zaslow Show 2.0. Welcome, Zaslow Show 2.0. It is a Thursday, the 29th day of February. Good to have you aboard, part of the Believe Podcast Network, and presented as always by Anna Jar and Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-3-800-747-3733. Of course, anytime you're involved in an accident, you deserve compensation when it wasn't your fault. You let the best accident attorneys around put their skills to work for you. You'll be treated like family, get you the money you deserve. Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys, 800-747-3, Today is a leap year day. That's right. It only comes once every four years. The very rare 29th of February. Very strange to say that. You know what's not strange? Having Bet Online continue to be your number one source for all your basketball wagering needs. That includes pro and college hoops. With up to the minute odds, stats, and trends, you can follow your favorite team's path to the playoffs with in game live betting, contests, all the best player props. Experience the world's best wagering platform anytime from your desktop or mobile devices. Head to Bet Online today to become part of the team. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE, B L E A V. For your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, bet online. The game starts here. Glad to have you aboard today. Thanks to everyone who listened last night as I hosted on ESPN Radio with Amber Wilson. You can always go back anytime you want to hear me and Top Girl Amber Wilson when we do a show together. You can always go back wherever you get your podcasts and download the Amber and Ian podcast. Last night, it was me and Amber Wilson. So I'd love it if you did that. Anywhere you're listening to the Zaslow Show 2.0 podcast, you can check out Amber and Ian as well, and I especially urge you on nights like last night where I filled in. I'll be back filling in tomorrow night on Amber and Ian. It'll actually be filling in for her, so I'll be hosting with Ian Fitzsimmons on ESPN Radio tomorrow night. But back to the important stuff, and that's everything that's going on locally here in the center of the sports universe, South Florida and Zaslow Show 2.0. We got a great show planned today. It's a Thursday, which means we got mailbag. I love when you guys send in your questions. 
It could be on anything. We got some great questions today. We'll do a Zaslow Show 2.0 mailbag coming up. Also, tonight, you got Heat and Nuggets. Mark Kestis sure has the call on ESPN Radio. He will join us coming up today's program. We'll talk Heat Nuggets with him. You got the Panthers. Panthers and Canadiens tonight. We got both. The Heat are looking to finish uh, an undefeated road trip. The Panthers are looking to remain atop the Eastern Conference. It's all happening tonight. Tonight's a great night. Great day. I'm so glad you're hanging out with us. Now, let's get to what happened last night. Yes, you know we'd like to start the show with a little bit of what happened last night. A couple of college basketball games to get over real quick. Number 24, Florida Gators keep it rolling with an 83-74 win over Missouri. Now, Missouri sucks, but why am I bringing that up? The Gators, and we had Seth Greenberg on, you know, former Virginia Tech coach, ESPN college basketball analyst. We had Seth Greenberg on last night, me and Amber, and I asked him, give me a team that's not one of the top teams who you could see making a run in the tournament. And Seth Greenberg, he's not the only one who came out and said, Florida Gators. Oh, Amber was so excited. I like it too because I'm a real phony baloney Gator fan. But nonetheless, the Gators are looking like a team that could make a little bit of noise in the tournament. Also, you had number four Tennessee hold off number 11 Auburn last night, 92-84. SEC's got good teams this year. And as far as the NBA goes, the Lakers, you know, it had been like 14 straight meetings before this year that the Lakers had lost to the Clippers. With last night's win... Not only did the Lakers win the season series three out of four over the Clippers, they won 116-112. They were down 21 in the fourth quarter. LeBron leads them back with 34 points, six rebounds, eight assists. And in the final, technically that's the final home game. It counted as a Clipper home game. That was the final home game for the Clippers ever at Crypto.com Arena, formerly Staples, ever at Crypto.com Arena against the Los Angeles Lakers. They're moving into their new digs next year. So that's really the only NBA game that stood out last night. It is funny, though. I put on, like, first take this morning, get up, I'm watching it, and the headline's there. Does this win make you feel different about the Lakers? Does this loss make you feel different about the Clippers? What the fuck are we doing? It's one game. One game. Feel... Can you imagine? Now, I don't know what their answers were. But can you imagine actually saying you feel different about the Lakers because they won a game on a Wednesday night or different about the Clippers because they lost a game on a Wednesday night? What are we doing? Actually, I think I probably know what we're doing. It's a little bit of a slow time right now. February is such a bad sports month. February and July, worst sports months. Things begin to pick up next month, March. Today should be March 1. We got this stupid leap year, which, by the way, happy fourth birthday to Tyrese Halliburton. That's right. This is only, actually, I think it's the fifth birthday. Happy fifth birthday to Tyrese Halliburton. He's a leap year, baby. This is only the fifth time he's ever gotten to celebrate his birthday. So good for him. And that's a little bit of what happened last night. Now, we'll get to Kestashur. We'll get into Heat and Nuggets with him. We'll do some NBA with him. But first, does Heat Nuggets actually feel... Like a rematch tonight. Uh, Like a finals rematch. For me, you know what I think is at stake tonight. I don't care so much that it's a finals rematch. What I do care about is, because it's on the road, where the Heat are trying to go 4-0 on this road trip. Matter of fact, some people will tell you 6-0 because 
They had two games on the road right before the All-Star break. So I'll try and convince it's like a six-game road trip. No, it's not. It's six straight on the road, but it's a four-game trip. The Heat are going to look for their sixth consecutive win and try and sweep this four-game road trip and cap it off on national TV against the world champion Nuggets. To me, what's on the line here is not beating, you know, getting any kind of payback in regards to Denver. It's this is the game that if the Heat come out and win, everyone's going to start talking about the Heat again. We, we know this time is coming. We said this was going to happen. The Heat were going to go on a run. Right now, they've won five in a row. And they're going to get to a place where everyone is going to start looking and pointing at the Heat and say, uh-oh, the Miami Heat are coming. This is the game. That's what's on the line tonight. Is tonight the game where everybody says, is tonight the game where everybody says, the Miami Heat are coming. That's what's going to happen if the Heat win this game tonight. If they don't win this game tonight, that's fine. We're, we're going to keep it. It's our little secret. That's what we're talking about. But otherwise, if the Heat win this game tonight, everyone's going to be talking about the Miami Heat are back. They're the scary team. Nobody wants to face them. That's You'll see. The Heat win this game tonight. That's exactly what's going to happen. So, fun night tonight. As far as the local sports goes, Panthers, Heat, enjoying a Johnny Cuba, that's what we're talking about. Now, before we get more into Heat and Nuggets tonight, so I guess Dwayne Wade has a podcast, I think it's called The Why, The Why Podcast, and he had Chris Paul on with him. Okay, I want to, do you believe this story? So, I have never heard this before. Dwayne Wade and Chris Paul start talking about how when the Heat, I don't know if it's when they formed the Big Three back in 2010 or at some point during that era, they, they're they telling you that there was a conversation had about Chris Paul joining that version of the Miami Heat. Do you believe this story? We was talking about me coming to Miami. We was talking about who's going to have the ball in their hands, mm-hmm. how it's going to work. We're having a conversation. Yep, we're having a conversation. Right, and then who was it? Was it CJ? Was it CJ that said something about who gonna wear number three? Bro, that's what I wanted to get to. We talk about all this about who gonna have the ball. Okay, we can all play together now, CP. I can play off the ball. We didn't yeah. figure all that out. And somebody said, "Well, who gonna wear number three? Silence. <laughs> Listen, mess the whole trade. Up. Listen, that's why the trade ain't happened. Mess the whole trade up because because yeah, CP could wear number three in Miami. Mess the whole trade up. I don't know what they was gonna do because you was older. You probably could have just worn. No, no, no. I wasn't older. You was, was older prime. than me. I was, pr- I was in my prime. I know, but because you older than me, you just wear a 33. No, no, no. <laughs> and so this is the conversation we're having. And I'm like, I, that's my number. He's like, well, that's my number. Yeah, what we going to do? What we going to do? six? <laughs> no, that ain't it. The that basketball number means that so much it. that. <laughs> so, yeah, they, had, so you saying, so we didn't get a chance to see this trade because of a number three? Man, That's listen, what I'm saying. Listen. Wow. I'm saying the trade didn't go down. Rally didn't pull the trigger. <laughs> Because CP was going to be one number three. Because you could have two number threes. Listen, let me tell you. We had talked for a while, too. We had talked about what the team would Bro, look like. Bro, we started getting excited. We had talked about what the team would look like. All this different type of stuff. And then I think it was CJ it that was sitting over CJ. there. He, we was like, he was like, what number? number are you going to wear? What number am I going to wear? What number he going to wear? <laughs> All right. There is no way 
this story is true. No chance. I've first of all, I've never heard it, and this is potentially within like about 15 years ago. I have never heard this before, and either either the story is not true, or Chris Paul is telling you that wearing the number three is more important than winning a championship. And if that's the case, it's a terrible look for Chris Paul. No, by the way, Chris Paul is not going to win a championship. As somewhere in there, he said, I, I still believe I'm going to win a championship. No, you're not. The Warriors are not winning. Chris Paul is never going to win a championship. But it, I, I don't believe this story to be true. Because A, we've never heard it before. And B, you think Pat Riley. Like, I think it's greatly exaggerated. I think, I think you know, it's the Banana Boat crew. They're really good friends. They probably had a conversation together about getting Chris Paul over to Miami. But the idea, like, I think that part of it is probably greatly exaggerated. Pat Riley was probably never part of that kind of conversation. But, so, so I, I don't believe that this was ever a real thing. But if that part of it was real, there's two things that are stupid. The dumbest thing is that Chris Paul apparently would turn down trying to win a championship. Now, granted, he was with the Clippers, right? Those were good teams. He probably thought, nah, I could still win a championship here. But if if Chris Paul is actually turning down a great championship opportunity because he couldn't wear number three, how fucking stupid is that? It's almost it's it's stupider than like that's the that's the dumbest part. Almost as stupid is the idea that the reason that the trade didn't happen was because Pat Riley heard Chris Paul didn't want to give up number three, so he decided, all right, I guess I'm not going to make that trade. Like, you think Pat Riley would give a shit about what jersey number Chris Paul wants to wear? That's why the story's not true. That's why that first part, at least with Riley's involvement, never happened. Why would Pat Riley give a shit about what number Chris Paul wants or doesn't want to wear? If that if that part were true, it's such a bad look for Chris Paul that he cares more about his number and his brand than actually winning a championship. But I believe that actually the first part is what's not true. I think the second part was in jest because the first part was never actually a real thing. All right. Anyway, I'll tell you what is real. All the great deals at North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. You know what I'm talking about. We're still in the month of February. There's a lot of love going on. A lot to love at North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. Incredible offers on all new Subarus in stock, as well as every pre-owned vehicle on their lot. Right now, you can lease the 2024 Subaru Crosstrek Premium for just $209 a month for 36 months with $54.95 due at signing with approved credit. You could shop right now from the comfort of your own home. Go to nflsubaru.com. That's nflsubaru.com for full details. At North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, you could get that promise where they're providing customers an exceptional experience at their brand new state-of-the-art facility. It's on North Andrews Avenue. It's that beautiful building. You can see it from I-95 at the Cypress Creek Road exit. An extensive new and pre-owned Subaru inventory, plus used cars, trucks, SUVs of every make and model. You're sure to find your next vehicle at North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, the location you know with an experience you'll love. All guests on Zaslow Show 2.0 brought to us by the official beer of the program, Johnny Cuba. European roots with that Caribbean soul, a refreshing German lager in a can. You can pick up a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. Get yourself ready for tonight. 
Heat and Nuggets. You go to your local Sedanos, Presidente, Winn-Dixie, Fresco y Moss. You always drink responsibly. And, of course, don't forget Johnny Cuba's mantra. Stay tranquilo. Heat Nuggets tonight. It's a national TV game. It's a national radio game. ESPN Radio tonight. Mark Kestesher, PJ Carlissimo on the call tonight from Denver. Mark Kestesher joining us here. Always good having you on the show, Mark. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us. Does it feel like a finals rematch tonight? It's funny. When I was here in Denver during the spring last year, the run-up to the playoffs, I was missing that kind of civic pride feeling. And then it came out, obviously, during the finals. Um, I think something's missing just a little bit. You know, maybe it's because it's so late in the season. It's been eight and a half months, and in our age of uh, technology when eight and a half minutes later we don't remember what we were talking about before and arguing about uh you know sometimes it feels like oh was that last year's finals uh but they're gonna meet twice you know here down the stretch one more time coming up in miami i think also to add to that you know even though denver's 40 and 19 you know there's still some questions about the second unit they still have the same starting five and the heat of course feels like we're in that same position again where i'm not quite sure what we have but they're tough, and on this road trip, they've been tough, and maybe, you know, they can make another uh, legendary run in the Eastern Conference. But I think the long answer is, you know, there'll be some pomp and circumstance tonight, but it doesn't have that, you know, feeling like opening night in the NBA when the last two champs or the teams that contested for the championship meet up. I totally agree. I, I, think, what's, I think what's happening tonight, so the Heat have a chance to sweep this road trip, and... I have felt leading up to now-ish that there's going to be a moment in the season where the Heat are going to make a run and everyone is going to start looking and pointing at the Heat and saying, look at them, we haven't been talking about them, and they're back and they're doing their thing. I think if the Heat win tonight, they would sweep a road trip, it's late in the year, it's defending champs, it's a national game. I think if they win tonight we would have that kind of discussion nationally about the Heat. And if they don't win tonight, then I think we're just going to keep it our secret here in South Florida. <laughs> I kind of agree. It, it's reminiscent of what happened in Los Angeles last night. I think a lot of the national discussion now is, oh, the Lakers, you know, it's almost the same kind of fit. They had the run last year like Miami had in the other conference, and LeBron goes off in the great fourth quarter. And, um, you know, on a night, on a day, that's a little light in an NBA schedule. That's getting a lot of buzz before the game. But I think you're right. Um, and Miami's not even whole yet. That's the interesting part. We don't know if we're getting Tyler Hero back tonight. Uh, Terry Rozier just came back. Josh Richardson is still out. Kevin Love's going to be out tonight. Um, we're waiting to hear about Jamal Murray, too. You know, he's dealing with some shin splints and didn't play the back end of a back-to-back -back last week. But I think you're right. If even though it's a late game on the East Coast, if this goes Miami's way and you're talking about six straight wins and a perfect February on the road coming home for a game against Utah and it's still in the 24-hour talk cycle, but the Monday through Friday talk cycle, a Friday morning, you're right. I think you get a little bit of traction like, let's take a closer look at what Miami's doing. How much of the Heat have – how many games for the Heat have you done this year? This will be uh, my second, and unfortunately, I was in Miami when the Celtics probably played their best game of the year. I think it was Terry Rozier's second game, uh, and there were still some injury issues. But, uh, you know, I, I watch them on League Pass all the time, but only have uh, been there once live. Give me, some, uh, give me some thoughts here just overall on Jimmy. You know, he 
whether you like it or not, he really does seem to be the kind of guy who really cruises the first half of the season. And then we get to late in the year and he really, he's one of those guys that has a switch and you saw when he got thrown out of the game in new Orleans, a couple of games ago, and he was taunting jokingly with the crowd. It's that time. It's that time. And <laughs> I, it really seems like for Jimmy, it's that time of year where he's going to turn it on and take things serious. Yeah, it's not like it's not a way I like to operate personally, and probably other players like to operate personally. But yeah. some people just know, you know, what the value is of the season, what they need to do to get ready for the second season. Uh, do you want to be in the best position possible? Yes. And I think, you know, sitting fifth as we talk right now with a chance to even, you know, maybe climb another spot. You know, who knows what's going to happen with the Knicks while they're waiting on their injured players to come back. Um, and Philadelphia, of course, without Joel Embiid for who knows how long. So I, I think, you know, a lot of times we look every day at standings and we project, you know, what are the matchups going to be? Who, we want to stay away from uh, the four or five, right? Because then you get Boston. I think guys like Jimmy Butler and even LeBron James, you know, bringing his name back in. I remember in his Cleveland days, maybe not as much when he was in Miami, but in the, the second Cleveland tour, it was always like, yeah, this is all just, we're getting ready for April 15th or April 20th, whenever the playoffs start. I never fear that Jimmy Butler is not going to be able to answer the bell. Um, you know, and last year we saw, last time we saw him here in Denver, I mean, it was, it was the end of a great run and you could see, you know, he had given every last ounce and he came back from suspension, had a good game the other night. I suspect, uh, he'll be, uh, uh, you know, ready for tonight's game and wanted to show out on a, on a big stage, but you're right until, until that second season begins, we don't get the vintage Jimmy Butler. Can you, re can you recall a more improbable best player in the league than Nikola Jokic? Ah, <laughs> uh, man, that's a great question because it's not a one-hit wonder. I mean, he's now done this for four straight years, and you could probably even go back a year before that. I mean, you could argue, you know, he should be three-time reigning MVP with another one coming up. The thing that's amazing to me is not that he looks unathletic, but he looks unathletic. <laughs> when you mm -hmm. see him up close, when you interview him. I don't even uh, know if he likes basketball. You know, he does. If he, it's a great act because he does not like to talk about himself. He doesn't like to talk about the game like it's anything more than his job. I think there's much more pride in there than he shows. But uh, PJ and I, you know, often ask players when uh, you know we're in all-star settings or in the in-season tournament, like who's the toughest guy to guard? And I would say nine times out of ten, it's that big guy in Denver, Nikola Jokic. For, he's just a mountain of a man. You can't move him. Um, he's got eyes on all sides of his head. So when you think you got him, he's got a way out and he gets others involved. And, uh, you know, he could stroke the three-pointer as well. So it's, uh, it is unlikely. I love the fact that uh, ESPN was in a Taco Bell commercial when he was drafted. That just adds to the lore. And uh, it is pretty remarkable. And he's, uh, uh, he's right at the height of his powers right now. Couldn't even get mad during the finals last year because, you know, we're, we're watching the games down here and like, he's just impossible. That was, that was just the feeling when I'm watching the game and he has the ball, this guy is impossible and there's nothing we could do about it. It, it really, really need an off night and he doesn't have many of them. And I think we even saw in the finals in that last game in the clincher in game five, where he wasn't shooting the ball well, but then the next thing you know, he's got 10, 11 assists. So it doesn't yeah. matter. 
Um, yeah, he's a problem. He's a problem for a lot of teams. I'm interested to go talk to Michael Malone. We had them opening night here when they raised the, uh, the banner. We had them Christmas Day here as well. So this will be my third time. And another little benchmark, you know, they're in game 60 right now, just to find out how he feels about beyond the starting five. Because I think that's the big question mark for me in the Western Conference race that feels wide open. If you want to give the benefit of the doubt to teams who've been there before, like the Nuggets, and like the players on the Clippers and not so much for Oklahoma City and Minnesota. You know, I want to know, even though Jeff Green and Bruce Brown are not names that people talk about, they were tremendously important last year. And I don't know if the young guys have answered that question as of now. How impressed are you with uh, with the Celtics? Uh, are they, I mean, I know as far as a lead goes, I think they're eight up, or maybe eight and a half up. Well, eight, because Cleveland lost last night. Boston didn't play. So I think they're eight up on Cleveland right now. Uh, are they far and away the best team or, you know, do you need a seed in the playoffs? I think, um, you know, for me, they're far and away the best team, but you're right, of the regular season. Uh, we had them Saturday night in New York. Tim Legler was actually my analyst Saturday night, and he said he's the best team, obviously, he's seen this year. He goes, but they are beatable. He goes, the one thing that's different this year than in years past is less and less reliance on the three. They do rely on the three ball quite a bit. Yeah. but uh, against the Knicks in that first half when they shot nearly 70%, you know, the Knicks were running them off the three-point line and they were killing New York on two-point shots and they were taking advantage of mismatches. So they seem like um, Tatum and Brown are in a really smarter era of their careers. They're veterans now. Um, you bring in Chris Stapps Porzingis, who, you know, many people thought wasn't even in the league anymore. He was in Washington and having a great resurgent year and he's brought that to Boston. And to me, when they traded Marcus Smart, I figured... Uh, they're taking a step back because one of their hallmarks is defense. And I don't think anyone could have foresaw the Lillard trade and the fact that, you know, Portland then ships Drew Holiday to Boston and it makes them so complete. I'm not hugely sold on their second unit either. Um, but of all the teams that I've seen this year, they're the closest. This is my compliment to them of the heyday Golden State Warriors, their pace, their space, their ability to move without the ball and, and pass the ball around and get an even better shot than they would have uh, to me is what, uh, you know, sets them apart. But you're right. The playoffs are a different animal. Uh, they made it to the finals one time, two years ago. They've had problems with the heat over the years in many Eastern conference finals that we know of. Um, so they still, they're still going to have a little bit of a, a gorilla on the back until they uh, get that championship. Number 18, the Lakers and warriors are nine and 10 in the West. So they'd have to win multiple playoff games, multiple play in games uh, to, to just qualify for the postseason. Are you willing to say that one of them, if not both will miss the playoffs entirely? I think they're safe. I think Utah uh, kind of falling apart here of late sitting 11th right now helps them out. Um, uh, I, I think it'll be a, for us, we do the nine, 10 play in games. So to have a Warriors Lakers play, yeah. which I, I think, didn't we get that in the first year of the play-in in, in the, the post-bubble, the first post-bubble year? I'd have to do some research on that. But I figure we've never had a play-in game like this before. And I think we might have had uh, Steph versus LeBron in that. But either way, um, the West is fascinating to me because there's still enough room to make some difference, to get out of the 9-10, to maybe get up to the 6. You know, Dallas was in the 7 through 10 at one point. They've had their little run. Now they're in the 5-6 portion um, but it just goes to show you that there's going to be a lot of work to do at the bottom of the Western Conference. There's 
There's no guarantees. I think everybody's hoping you get Oklahoma City or Minnesota in the first round. And, uh, you know, maybe there's an advantage to you being an older team. Uh, the way those two teams, though, have played this year, you know, be careful what you wish for, especially with Oklahoma City. You, virtually, you know, nobody, unless you're a hoop head, has any idea what's going on in OKC right now. But it's special. Um, so to me, the West lays out amazingly. And, you know, the, the thought to have Golden State and the Lakers in a one game winner take all or winner advance to play another play in game just sounds very delicious. Do you uh, do you think there's a problem in the league with the offense? You know, we saw the story a couple days ago that the competition committee is going to be trying to address whether or not they should make any type of changes defensively, slow down some scoring. Do you think that there's a problem? I think uh, I, for the most part, fans love scoring. I think the biggest problem for me, I don't mind the games getting into the 130s. It's the amount of 50-point games and 40-point games, you know, of separation, blowouts that are very concerning. Uh, it'd be interesting to see what kind of drag they could put on scoring because the way they opened it up, as we recall from the 90s, was they took away the defense's teeth. I mean, you can't put your hand on anybody coming through the lane. Uh, the only thing that's changed is the amount of three-pointers that are being taken now. And that's where the interesting people far smarter than me would have to come out with how you drag down scoring because teams shoot 53 pointers a night and don't even think twice about it. You know, in the old days, there were a handful of teams that did that. And you're like, look at these guys shooting threes and dunks and layups and that's it. There's no more mid range. So I think they will have to take a look at it. They may have to give the defense, um, you know, a little something, but it's the, the blowouts that concern me more than the games that get into the one thirties and one forties. MVP of the league right now is who? I think uh, it's to me, it's Jokic or Shea Gilgis Alexander, and I think Doncic has to be in there too. So I'm not, I'm sitting on the fence, but I think right now I would lean Jokic, just how he dominates for this team. Um, you know, they're still top three right now in the West. Uh, I don't know if Gilgis Alexander will get enough love in the you know the market that he's in or the lack of national games that he plays. Uh, I think Dallas being on an uptick helps Luka, uh, but I think I'll stick with Jokic for now. Finally, I want to ask you, Mark, uh, you did the All-Star weekend. You did All-Star <laughs> Saturday night. How hard is it to call the dunk contest on the radio? How do you describe <laughs> the dunks? What do you do? It is the hardest thing I do all year, and it comes after – we call like 700 three-point shots in the yeah. three-point contest, which I love. I love the three-point contest. Steph and Sabrina was awesome. I always say this every year. Think figure skating. And the great figure skating announcers in Olympic history always have the program in front of them. We know when the uh, triple sow cow is coming and the double toe loop. We have no idea what's coming. So to your point, you're ready for anything uh, you know, a prop comes out and, you know, I'm in my mid fifties now. My daughter, you know, is in her mid twenties and she's like, how did you not know who the guy was who's sitting in the chair? And I'm like, cause I'm a dinosaur. Um, so yeah, I, I just try to stay limber linguistically, hope the right words come to mind, but it's not one of my strong points, but we, we have a lot of fun doing it. It's such a weird event to do. Uh, <laughs> tonight, Mark Hesseshur, PJ Carlissimo, Heat and Nuggets, ESPN Radio. Excellent job as always, Mark. I appreciate you stopping by with us here on the show. Thank you so much. Thanks, Jonathan. Always good to be on with you. So we got a big night tonight. We got the Panthers. We got the Heat. 
National TV Heat and Nuggets. That's what I'm talking about. You know what else I'm talking about? I'm talking about getting the best sleep of my life every single night because I sleep on Sheets and Giggles. That's right. SheetsGiggles.com. You go to Sheets and Giggles right now, and you're going to see the softest, coolest, most breathable bed sheets you've ever slept on in your life. You don't have to worry about where you're getting your bed sheets anymore. You can get everything at one place. SheetsGiggles.com. You get the pillow, you get the mattress, you got the pillowcases, the blankets, the comforter. I'm telling you everything that I got, everything that allows me to get the best sleep of my life on a nightly basis. You go to SheetsGiggles.com, you're going to become one of over 100,000 Americans who are sleeping on Sheets and Giggles and never turning back. And because today, it's leap year, today only. This deal only comes once every four years. If you use promo code LEAP, 29% off. That's right, my man Colin, the founder and CEO of Sheets and Giggles. He'll be at the Heat game tonight, by the way, Heat at Nuggets. He did it again. Once every four years. What a deal. Use promo code LEAP, 29% off your order. And if this is your first time at SheetsGiggles.com, use promo code ZASLO. You'll get 20% off at checkout. I mean, what are we talking about here? Promo code ZASLO. 20% 20% off your first order. Make sure you plug it in when you're checking out. SheetsGiggles.com. Again, SheetsGiggles.com. Let's get to another edition of Zaslow Show 2.0 Mailbag. All right. So you know how we do this every Thursday. I'll put out the, you know, put out a message on social media early in the morning. You can ask me anything. Let's get right after it here. Let's start out with this question here is from Senor Ben. And he says, Zaslow. What's your most anticipated match for AEW Revolution this weekend? All right, so full disclosure, I have not been dialed in to AEW really over the last couple of months. Like, I watched a little bit of Dynamite last night. I am going to watch Revolution this weekend. But like I said, full disclosure, I'm so invested in WWE right, <coughs> excuse me, in WWE right now that I'm having a hard time Really dialing into what AEW is doing. But it it feels like this pay-per-view is being built around Sting's final match. I just, I'm most looking forward to Sting's final match because I don't want him to kill himself in the ring. It feels like a situation like the wrestler with Mickey Rourke where he wants to die in the ring. I don't want to see that. So I think I'm looking most forward to what's going to happen with Sting in his final match. And I fully expect the Young Bucks to win the tag titles from Sting and Darby Allen. All right. CBW text Zaslow, or sends me a message. Zaslow, is Brian Flores now more hated than Saban? Uh, not by me. I, like, I mean, I think we look back now, and I, I liked Flores when he was the coach. I don't like all the stuff that we have found out afterward. I hated Saban when he was the coach, and obviously hated him afterward. And even though my, you know, my... <coughs> disdain, I guess, for Saban has waned over the years because that was a losing battle. Like it, it, I was wasting my energy, you know, rooting against Saban. At least when Flores was head coach, and yes, he hated Tua and probably held the Dolphins back in that regard. But they still, you know, especially his last season, they had at least some success. I know they didn't make the playoffs. Dolphins were terrible under Saban. They won nine games and missed the playoffs. They won six games, and then he up and dipped. So I do not believe that Flores is more hated than Saban. A flawless image. 
sends me the message. Zaslow, what owner do you despise more? Dallas Mavericks owner or Cavs owner? So we're talking Mark Cuban or Dan Gilbert. The answer is easy. It's Dan Gilbert. Do not like Dan Gilbert at all. We've heard about, you know, the shady business practices and, you know, the, the way that he treated LeBron when LeBron left, the things he said, uh, it, like it had major plantation owner vibes, terrible things that he said. And yeah, I just, I, I, he is, that is a petty, insecure little man. Not a, not a fan of either. All right. Not a fan of Cuban because man, Cuban, he never lets go losing in the 2006 finals. Get over it. You got ultimate payback by beating the Heat in 2011. But Dan Gilbert, I despise so much more than Cuban. All right, next question is from David. Okay, David, I see you. Who do you think is the Dolphins' best wide receiver of all time? It's Tyreek Hill. Yeah, it's easy. And look, they've had great wide receivers. Brandon Marshall, Mike Wallace. Those two guys, though, were only here for a couple of years. Chris Chambers. You have to mention OJ McDuffie. Greatest wide receiver they've ever had, and yes, it's only been two years so far, is far and away Tyreek Hill. It's Tyreek Hill. But shout out to my guy, OJ McDuffie. Uh, This question is from Corey. Which NFL team do you think is under the most pressure to make a big offseason move? That's a good question. Under the most pressure to make a... Well, I think the team that's under the most pressure this offseason, period, is the Chicago Bears. Because it's twofold for them. Are you going to keep the number one overall pick? And if you are keeping the number one overall pick, are you going to get value in return for trading Justin Fields? The Bears are under the most pressure because they have to get it right. Not only if, if you keep Fields, you're for the second year in a row abandoning, taking a quarterback using the number one overall pick. If you decide to get rid of Fields, you're abandoning him and the guy you draft, presumably Caleb Williams, you better get it right. If you don't get it right, you're definitely fired. So, I think that would constitute the Bears under the most pressure. Next question here. This is from, let's see, my man Luke. Says, Zaslow, is the production crew in the Zaslow Mansion Master Bedroom there during the night as well? Alright, this is a very important question. The production crew shuts down. I mean, the things that happen in the Zaslow Mansion Master Bedroom bed you know, with the sheets and giggles, bed sheets, that's, there are no cameras, there are no lights, that's just, that's just, we're just making the magic. There are no cameras, there's no production value going on there. All right, next question here, good question though, Luke. Next question here is from Saul. Saul says, Zaslow, he's got two, Saul's, Saul's always got two questions. One is never enough for Saul. First question is, no way the Dolphins move on from Tua, right? Uh, you are correct. I mean, I don't think there's anything, I don't think there's much more to expand on that. No way they move on from Tua. Matter of fact, it really feels like we're days away from an extension being announced. Who knows? By the time you listen to this, because you're listening to the show in the future, by the time you listen to this, you may already know that the Dolphins have reached an extension with Tua Tonga by Lois. So, no. No way they move on from, nor should they. And when they do reach that agreement, when they do reach that extension, it should be celebrated by the Dolphin fan but I think the reaction is going to be very split. There's going to be positive reaction, and there's also going to be very negative reaction. I, I don't agree with that. Keeping the quarterback long-term when this team hasn't had this kind of quarterback play, you can think is not the guy. They, what is undeniable is they have not had this caliber of quarterback play in two decades. But it's going to be very divisive 
when they do sign that contract. And they will. And number two from Saul, he's always got two questions. How many title changes are you expecting at Mania this year? Excellent question. Now, while we do not know who Gunther is going to defend the IC title against, I do expect that title to change hands. The U.S. title match, Logan Paul, looks like it's going to be against Randy Orton. Are they also going to add Kevin Owens? I do not believe Logan Paul is dropping that title yet. So still, I got just one. The women's world title, I believe Rhea Ripley beats Becky Lynch. I, I, I guarantee you she beats Becky Lynch. So that's not going to change. The women's WWE championship, Bayley is definitely beating Io Sky. So that's two. The men's world championship, Drew McIntyre is going to beat Seth Rollins. That's three. And finally, the big one, Roman Reigns and the undisputed Universal WWE Championship. He will retain against Cody Rhodes. So I got three titles changing. Intercontinental Championship, the Women's WWE Championship, and the Men's World Championship. I got three championships changing. Zaslow, it's, it's, it's from uh, Shaw Rice to Bimbo. Love you, man. Zaslow, what was your first Pearl Jam show? Mine was 1996, Fort Lauderdale, Yankee Stadium. Yeah, I, um, my first show, 1998, West Palm Beach. It was on the Yield Tour, and yeah, that was, that was the first time I ever saw Pearl Jam. I was 17 years old. Next question, Zaslow, this is from Nick's Hex. Johnny Cuba's obviously the go-to beverage for watching a game in the Zaslow Mansion. No, it's, but your opinion, what are the best snacks to munch on? My, my favorite snack, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, extra toasty cheese. It. I told you guys that a long time ago. Pita chips and extra toasty cheese. It. I can't even go back to the. I love the regular cheese. It. I can't eat it anymore. The extra toasty has spoiled me. It's ruined it. Extra toasty cheese. It and pita chips. Those are the best snacks. Joe E says Zaslow. Where is the hype for Sting's retirement match? Seems kind of flat to me. Uh, yeah, I think you're probably right, Joe E. Now, uh, that's the match I'm most looking forward to, but, you know, if it were Ric Flair, and, and we've had his retirement match, I guess, multiple times, or if Hulk Hogan had a retirement match, you know, Sting's almost at the level of those guys. He's right below them. And I, I think the reason that there isn't all the hype for Sting's retirement match, I think AEW's in a weird place right now. is very, very cold right now. So I think that has a lot to do with it. Uh, the dude abides. Zazla, who are your top five intercontinental champions of all time? Excellent question, the dude. All right, let's do it. Top five in no particular order. Gunther. I mean, longest reigning, probably greatest intercontinental champion of all time. The Miz. The Miz was always a great intercontinental champion. For me, now we're to get to ones when I was a kid. The Ultimate Warrior. The Ultimate Warrior was a dominant intercontinental champion. How about... Mr. Perfect. For me, when I was when I was a kid and I think of the Intercontinental Championship, Mr. Perfect is always the one that comes to mind for me. And finally, the first ever Intercontinental Champion that I saw, I was six years old, WrestleMania three, still my all-time favorite match. I think it's the all-time greatest pro wrestling match. The Macho Man, Randy Savage. Obviously, Ricky Steamboat beat him that night. But the Macho Man was the first ever Intercontinental Champion that I saw. And, and he, re- to, to me, he made that belt look like it was a massive deal. So there you go. Those are my top five Intercontinental Champions of all time. Gunther, Mr. Perfect, The Miz, Ultimate Warrior, Macho Man Randy Savage. And finally, Mike in West Palm Beach. Zaslow, 
when will the show name change from Amber and Ian to Amber and Zaslow on ESPN Radio? You're on all the damn time. Okay, well, look, I am on with them a lot. I was on with Amber last night. I'm doing the show again Friday. Matter of fact, I'm filling in for Amber on Friday. I'm doing it with Ian Fitzsimmons. I do that show with Amber Wilson at least once a week. Ian has other responsibilities at ESPN, so it allows me the opportunity to work with Amber a lot. It's it's one of the main reasons that I wanted to be at ESPN was to work with Amber again. And as far as change of the show name, look, uh, there's there's no plan of that. I I'm there. I signed a contract with ESPN. They've been really good to me. And I'm there for them to use me in whatever fashion they want. My preference is to work with Amber as much as possible. I've been getting at least once a week with her, once a week game night. I'm doing Saturdays and Sundays. I'm getting about four shows a week. So they're using me all over the place, including on Amber and Ian a lot. So when's the show name going to change? That, that's, not, that's not in the cards right now. And I love that show. That's my favorite show, Amber and Ian. So there you have it. All right. And that right there is another edition of Zazlo Show 2.0 Mailback. All right, you know what time it is. Let's just get after it. Let's get to big deal or not a big deal. Come on now. Big deal or not a big deal on a Thursday. First, though, I want to tell you guys, if you're thinking about getting a new home, you want to buy a new property, now you need to make sure that you get a real estate broker who really knows what they're doing. And that's why I send you to Signature Real Estate Binder, realestatebinder.com, and your trusted real estate broker, huge pro wrestling fan, one of the co-founders and chairman of BRCW, Matthew H. Mashler. If you're looking for your dream home in any part of beautiful South Florida, Matthew H. Mashler is your trusted real estate broker. You want to make sure not only do you get the best price on the homes that are out there, but then you need someone who knows the neighborhoods, knows the schools, who's going to be able to look through all the little things that could be a nuisance when you're buying a home, and he's going to make the whole process smooth and easy for you. Matthew H. Mashler, your trusted real estate broker. You can call him today, 561-208-3334. That's 561-208-3334. Or go to realestatefinder.com if you're looking to sell one of your current properties. Call Matthew H. Mashler, 561-208-3334. Maybe you're already in the business. Are you ready to take your real estate career to the next level? You can join the signature team. Matthew is always looking for real estate agents to join his team at realestatefinder.com. And the signature real estate companies are South Florida's industry leaders. So whether you're looking to buy your dream home, sell a property, or you just want to join the best in the business. Contact Matthew H. Mashler today at 561-208-3334. Go to realestatefinder.com. Matthew H. Mashler, your pathway to exceptional real estate experiences. Let's get to big deal or not a big deal. First up, big deal or not a big deal. This is from Get Up this morning. My colleagues on ESPN and one of my colleagues, Dan Orlovsky, he does not believe the number one pick in the draft should be Caleb Williams. I thought that Caleb Williams was a lock at number one because I thought Drake May would be the guy. I was wrong in that. Jaden Daniels should be the guy. If I were the Chicago Bears right now, I would take Jaden Daniels out of LSU. That is not a knock on Caleb Williams. That is a plus in Jaden Daniels. I think number one, when you watch all these guys play, the best thrower, the best guy against man coverage, ball placement-wise, is Jaden Daniels. Number two, when we're talking about explosive play, like guys who have to throw the ball downfield, what does it look like? Jaden Daniels throws the ball best downfield. And then number three, who's got the best pocket piece 
When I say peace, it's P-E-A-C-E. It, all these guys are athletic. It's no longer like this plus. Every one of these guys has that attribute. The patience and the peace within the pocket, he's the best at. Um, candidly, I think when it comes to what guy had the best game, none of these guys' games compared to Jaden Daniels against Florida. If you just watch that player versus the University of Florida, you would go, that's the best player in college football, and he's going to be the guy that transfers the best into the NFL. Even though this has no chance of happening, I'm going to go big deal. I I haven't heard anybody else say this, and I I don't know that Orlovsky is the kind of guy that he wants to say the nutty thing just to get attention. He could say this, especially if he believes it, because... He doesn't actually have to go through with it. So I'm going big deal. I have not heard that opinion. Big deal or not a big deal. Yesterday on the NBA Today on ESPN, one of my colleagues, Kendrick Perkins, he came out with an MVP candidate that we also have not heard yet. Look, we can make a compelling argument for all of these guys when it comes down to Jokic, when it comes down to SGA, it could come down to Donovan Mitchell, Luca. Like, all these guys are going to put up historical numbers in today's game. Yeah. Hell, if we want to make a case, why are we not saying anything about Sabonis? Sabonis right now, hold on, <laughs> listen, hold on. If we're going based on numbers, Sabonis is leading the NBA in triple doubles. Uh. He's, oh, hold on. He's also leading the league in double doubles. The man is averaging 20 13 and 8. Briefly, is, briefly, just... better case for Luka Doncic than for Sabonis. I mean, leading the league without Embiid and scoring, and then also giving you almost 9 and 10. That's a triple-double, and the reason that's the reason I why Jokic the is the favorite. I thought the triple-doubles missed some. I'm going not a big deal. I, I, now, Perkins, I do think, is someone who will say something wild to get some attention. You can't take this serious. There are several really great MVP candidates out of there uh, uh, in the league right now. DeMontis Sabonis is not one of them. The Sacramento Kings are eighth in the West. They're eighth. I mean, I know Russell Westbrook. I think the Thunder were eighth in the West when he won MVP. He averaged. He come close. He averaged a triple-double. The Kings are eighth in the West. Sabonis cannot be MVP. This is not a big deal. Big deal or not a big deal? Yesterday on First Take, another one of my colleagues, but also my favorite, Christopher Mad Dog Russo. He loves telling you the things that he's mad about. And here, he cannot stand Carolina Panthers owner, David Tepper. I like it. How about Carolina and charging 4% ticket increase for next year for the Panthers? Wow. I mean, you got, son. Because they won some games? You got to be serious. You're not serious, are you? With this God-forbidden franchise that stinks, where you're firing head coaches, when you're telling everybody who to draft on draft day, including Young instead of C.J. Stroud. And I love Young, too, but that was a mistake. In a market that cares more about college basketball than the NFL, in a stadium that's a little old, and you're going to make them ante up 4% more. I don't, care if it's, I don't care what the percentage is. You should give them the games for free. And you're going to, even for exhibition games, you're going to make them pay for it. When you guys make a fortune, when the NFL prints money, and you're going to charge those poor Panther fans 4% more? 4%. That is a complete, utter disgrace. And for an owner who has absolutely no good PR, okay, that's the last thing you do to your fan base who have a lousy year when you're throwing water in Jacksonville at the fans because you're upset that they lost the Jaguars. You know what? I got an idea to fix our problem. Let's charge them more money to see the garbage that we put on the field. Yeah, I'm going big deal. Uh, I, I agree with Dog overall. You know, the part that I don't agree is 
4% is not a big increase. You know, for instance, if you're paying $100 a ticket, now that ticket is $104. If we're talking nine home games, you're paying an extra, you know, what, $36 a ticket? If your ticket was $100 a pop, 4% is, is a very small increase. But this is an owner here who has had awful PR, all brought on by himself. He has been a terrible owner thus far. A little bit of goodwill for your fan base would have been not just not raising the prices at all. Forget about just 4%, but he's right. That mob not giving tickets for free. He should have lowered prices. I mean, would it kill him? The franchise is making money hand over fist. You know he's a billionaire. Would it kill you PR-wise to actually lower ticket prices when the product is as bad as it is? So that's a big deal, and Dog is almost 100% correct on all that. And finally, big deal or not a big deal, talking about 100% correct, LeBron James with his revisionist history about wanting everybody to leave Bronny alone. Now that it's apparent, it's very, very clear that Bronny is not an NBA prospect. Now LeBron wants everybody to stop talking about Bronny and let him enjoy his collegiate experience when he's the one who said Bronny can play for the Lakers right now. Here's Emmanuel Acho on FS1 yesterday. LeBron James, you got to remember, you can't call for attention and hang up. And that's what he's trying to do with Bronny. He called for attention. LeBron James Jr., Bronny James, in a Nike commercial, in a Topps commercial, in a Beats commercial. LeBron James, you can't call for attention and hang up. You called for attention. The phone is still ringing for Bronny. If I'm not mistaken, you said, man, Bronny better than some of these kids I've been watching on NBA League Pass today. It's lightweight hilarious. Crying, laughing emoji, laughing emoji, laughing emoji. So, Bron, you already said that your son was better than current NBA players. You got your son in Nike commercials and Topps commercials and Beats commercials. You got your son in all types of commercials. And now you want to hang up when the attention has been called for him. You can't do it, particularly, Bron, when you're the one who called for the attention. So, I have no issue with what LeBron James said. I just have to remind him that you can't call for attention and hang up. And you've called for Bronny's attention for the last five to ten years now. I'm going big deal. I'm glad at least somebody is saying it. Uh, LeBron, you brought this all... Not on yourself. You brought it on your kid. You did. And that right there is another edition of Big Deal or Not a Big Deal. Very big sports night time. Do a little bit of relaxing. We're not on ESPN Radio tonight. Got the Panthers, Panthers and Canadians. And you got the Heat and the world champion Nuggets. I'll be sitting on the couch in the Zaslow Mansion fan room, enjoying an ice cold Johnny Cuba. You know how we do here in the Zaslow Mansion. Today's show brought to you in part by Bet Online. Thanks to all you guys for always hanging out with us. I love you a long time. And thanks to everybody behind the scenes who always helps put together such a great show. I can't do it without all your help. We'll talk to you on Zaslow Show 2.0 tomorrow. You know what that means. Ah, the show is over. What better time now than to go out back with a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. That's right. That's what I look forward to after every show. And now my day's work is done. I got a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. We're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul. I'm going to sit outside by the pool here at the Zaslow Mansion and just enjoy the rest of my day. Having a Johnny Cuba makes me feel like I'm right back in the Caribbean. We're talking a refreshing German lager in a can. You can get it anywhere. Sedano's, Presidente, Winn-Dixie. And right now, 
You got special holiday prices on six packs of Johnny Cuba. Make sure you pick up your Johnny Cuba merch as well. We got the hot sauce coming up. Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo because more is always brewing.